Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm rolling. Whenever you're ready to go. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding. My name is Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mo DeKeel and welcome to the official second round of the NBA playoffs. Mo, we had to get there with one last game seven. The Los Angeles Clippers, they advance Somehow did it without Mo kill by the side, but they win 126. Cheap shots. <laughs> no, I'm saying somehow they pulled it off without you. Just bringing uh, up old stuff, though. I'm sure, we'll have a, I'm sure we'll have a Twitter thread from Mo breaking it all down soon. But uh, the Clippers, they win 126-111. to 111. They take down the Mavs in seven. Kawhi was fantastic again. He had 28 points on 10 for 15 shooting with 10 boards, nine dimes, and four steals, and zero turnovers in 42 minutes. Kawhi was phenomenal. Like, let's just, you know, when you go back to even game six in the second half, like Kawhi just literally said, all right, everybody get on my back. I got you. (laughs) Unbelievable, the stuff he was doing, especially in game six. And then the way he took control in game seven and began to blow this game open. It's the Kawhi Leonard we've been waiting for, I think, for about a year and a half. I don't know if that's fair to say, Jared, but like. That's fair. We we didn't see much of this last year with the Clippers. And 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 Kawhi maybe flashes here and there, but this year, this these last few games, this is the Kawhi the Clippers thought they were getting that that night in free agency. There's there's an intensity to him that's really picked up once they went down 0-2, where he just seems like he's taking command of the game way more. And you know it's he's he's a quiet guy. He takes kind of he moves in a very methodical yet kind of simple way. Like he does, he's not throwing out a like a haymaker combination of moves. He's very very subtle in the way he acts. So you don't feel him out there a lot of the time. But he's really his presence has been overwhelming in these last few games. Yeah, but especially when it was like it wasn't even on the offensive end. It was like okay, I got Luca, you know, and he just took it to another level. And how he he, he defended Luca, it really felt like a lot of times like. He just had it covered, made it difficult for Luca in each possession that he had. Um, again, this is all the stuff kind of we've been waiting for. When they went down 0-2, we're like, what the hell are they waiting for? When is Kawhi going to unleash the Kraken? And, <laughs> you know, he 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 did. He, he, he let it out. And this has been um, just kind of an amazing sort of performance. But this is a good thing in the sense of this will have woken up the Clippers here a bit, I think going through this tough first round series, seven games, I think it'll have done a lot for them, you know, confidence wise, resiliency, all of that, just good stuff for the Clippers, I think in the long run. Yeah. And what was great was he didn't do it on his own. PG didn't do it on his own, who I thought had a great game, even if he didn't shoot that well, but we had, you know, Mook went seven for nine from the field. He had 20 or from three, I should say he had 23 points. Reggie Jackson had another solid shooting night. Terrence Mann continues to play really well. And even Luke Kennard was back in the rotation and he actually was hitting the shots. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, impressive just the way it was kind of all spread out. 
you know, Luke Kennard coming in going three for five from three. It was just like, oh, wow, okay, we're going to start playing him again. And they played him a little bit in game six, too. But this was like the first real two games of extended minutes for him in a while. You know, the the, the Clipper others, as, as Shaq likes to refer to him, really stepped up in a big way this game, especially the last two. Again, just another level. I mean, the Clipper starters – all five guys in double figures. Nicholas Batum with big dunks. You know, uh, you touched on Morris and Jackson and everybody. Just just big stuff. And getting a big boost from Terrence Mann. Like, considering he went from also not really playing at the start of this series to to getting minutes. Just, I, I, I'm excited for this, for the Clippers. And then we can flash forward to next week where I'm like, oh, they're bums. <laughs> and what was really fascinating was they went micro ball with Nick Batum at the five. Zubats only played two and a half minutes. That's against Boban. It's not just against a team playing a center. It's a team playing the center in the NBA. And it worked. Worked really well. Dallas was in zone a lot of the time. And you just you look at their box score and it's Luca with 46 points and 14 assists. And then nobody else was really able to score that well for them, except, you know, DFS was decent. Kristaps shot decently from inside the three-point line, but it was over five from deep. And the, the storyline after this game has been about how do this how do the Mavs retool their roster to better support Luka Doncic? Yeah, I mean it's hard. You can't have outside of Luca, the team go five of twenty-five from three. That's just not gonna get it done, you know, in especially in the Western Conference. I think, you know, they gotta start looking into who is a second star that's available. Like it's it, there's nobody I think really in free agency that I feel very confident about being like, oh, that's the second guy they need. You know, I think they need to bring in another playmaker. We we saw it from, you know, Luca kind of wearing down, down down the stretch in these fourth quarters, and it's because he has to carry such a large load. He does need a, a another guy, and the guy they thought Porzingis was, he's just not capable of being that man. Um, and you know, they, they, it sucks. They just have a really expensive role player now, and. and <laughs> in Porzingis and now they're going to have to figure out how, how do we find the next guy? And they got some big decisions. Tim Hardaway Jr. I think is a free agent after this um, season. And, and and I think that's just kind of going to open up a lot of questions for them. But we know one thing, Luke is a hell of a player. And and now it's about you, you, you got to just put the right guys in there, shooters, defenders, and, and it's somebody that can play make with him. Yeah, Luca's a young god. I think that's pretty proven at this point. Well, all right, the Clippers, they are facing the Utah Jazz. The series is going to be epic. What's your read on it early on? I mean, early on and without really doing plenty of research, meaning absolutely none, um, <laughs> my gut says it's going to be the Clippers. I think just it's going to be really difficult for the Jazz to find ways to stop Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And if it's this Kawhi that shows up, that's scary for Utah because I don't think as good as Donovan Mitchell is, I don't think he can match Kawhi for for shot for shot and just intensity because Kawhi is also going to bring it on the defensive end when when he clearly has to. So it's going to be very interesting, but I think it's going to be Clippers in six. And that's with Mike Conley, a bit of an uncertainty with his availability too, which is, you know, the Utah, I mean, Utah could be great, but if you take away one of their best players, obviously that's a big challenge against the way the Clippers seem to be playing in these last few games. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah! 
Let's head over to game one in the East between the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid plays with a torn meniscus and is amazing. And yet the Hawks destroyed them from the gate. It got really close late. So it was a 128 to 124 win for Atlanta. But they were up by like 26 points in the second quarter. It was it was crazy. Oh, it was blowout central. I mean, this was really something else. The lineup that Doc used to close the first quarter was atrocious. And, you know, no Ben Simmons, no uh, Tobias Harris, no Joel Embiid. You know, no offense to those other five guys that are on the court, but like there was no offense for that group. And at that point, they weren't even defending that well. It just became a, a snowball effect. The turnovers were an issue for the Sixers in that uh, stretch, even in the first quarter with their main guys. They had 12 total turnovers, I think, in the first half. became a massive problem for them in how they went about it. And then the way they defended Trey Young in the first half was god-awful, Jared. It was just too easy. One answer they have for sure is Danny Green cannot guard Trey Young. Uh, yeah, Danny Green was not effective in this game, uh, no matter how many threes he uh, he tried to hit. But you know, what was fascinating was so when Tobias Harris went out with about four minutes left in the first quarter, they were only down by six. When he came back in the game two minutes into the second, they were down by 20 already. I mean, it just that second unit got blitzed so quickly and they just never were able to really creep back until the very end of the game. Yeah. And, and listen, give them credit. You know, apart from that first quarter, it would have been it was a close game in the sense of the Sixers crawled into it. They essentially won the second half. So, yay for moral victories. Um, but like, it, I mean, they were right in it at the end, Jared. I mean, they were within three a couple of times in the final seconds, mainly because the Atlanta Hawks could not figure out how to bring the ball up the court <laughs> on multiple possessions in a row. We're out of timeout. So they couldn't even figure that, you know, advance it in those instances. If Turned it, it wasn't over on an inbound, I mean, it was crazy. A five second count on the inbounds. If it wasn't for a Kevin Horder, hail Mary right down the middle against the press, I think the Sixers would have won this game. Like it was, it was really turning into a wild scenario and that the Hawks couldn't close it out. And I'll say this as bad as everything went for the Sixers. I don't think they should be that they should be hanging their heads down that much. Well, sure. I mean, they got blown out and they still almost won the game. And you're right. I mean, Herter, if he hadn't gotten that pass off in that moment, they were probably going to turn the ball over there. So they got lucky that he threw kind of a, a, a somewhat weak pat, bounce pass through the middle of a press and it didn't get picked off. I mean, that could have gone. They could have pulled that comeback off and this could have been looked at as just like a crazy anomaly in their rearview mirror. It would have been heartbreaking for Atlanta. You know, when you make when you make that kind of have that lead and blow it, it would have been heartbreaking for Atlanta. And it would have been it would have I would have had questions for how they come up. The good things for the Sixers, I think they were much better defensively, much more aggressive on Young. I think it's going to open up things. I think they kind of have an idea now of a game plan, something maybe I don't know you should have done when you came into the game. But (laughs) hey, like it, it didn't, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know what, Trey? He had 35. Bogdan, he was he had 21. He had a really nice game. John Collins was was a warrior. Uh, I thought he was really terrific, especially late in the game. And what I thought was fun was both teams that won on Sunday night both hit 23-pointers. It seems as if hitting 23-pointers might be the solution to winning games in the playoffs this year. Shocker. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. And don't forget to subscribe to The Athletic. Do it at theathletic.com slash ding mo another great weekend in sports.
Ding, ding.